12 minutes to go in normal time. Liverpool 3 0. Call a second quickly, Origi! Yeah! 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 Welcome back to another episode of the Long Balls Podcast, the international break special. We don't have our usual prem to talk about today, but I am back here with the OG crew, myself, Tyler, and Ryan. But we're going to talk to you about some top 10 lists today, and maybe talk about a little bit, some international lineups and what we think they should look like in the future. So Tyler, get us started. What do you have for us today? Top five. So I split mine up into top five best run clubs and top five worst run clubs. Okay. And what do do you have? We'll start off with the top five best run club. And so we'll start at number five. We'll go up. At number five, I have maybe a controversial pick here. I have Juventus at five. Okay. I think they have brought in good youth, even though they've let some go. It's been hard to keep everybody. They brought in arguably one of the one of, if not the best players in the world or, or of all time. Great marketing. You're talking about Weston McKinney, of course, right? Of course, of course, yes. That's just a prediction for the future. Uh, they have consistently, year in, year out, done well in domestic league made it to a Champions League final. I believe it was 2015. Um, just overall, doing the right things, um, both at domestic and European level, um, financially. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, let's each, let's each go with our five, four, okay. three, two, one. Okay, all right, we'll yeah, we'll do that. Ryan, who do you have at fifth? Fifth? Uh, oh, wait. Oh, we're just going five. Okay, okay. All right, I have Sevilla at fifth. I just think that Sevilla are the number of Europa Leagues that they have won. Yeah. And, like, they've produced just a good number of prospects. They're always a solid team, always in competition, no matter who plays for them. They mix old and new generations with Jesus yeah, yeah. Navas and Ocampos, and they're just a well-run club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have plenty of European titles, although not Champions League, but they're definitely a, a very good run club. At, to be in my honorable mentions. At fifth for me, I have RB Leipzig. Um, you look at their rise to the Bundesliga, how quick that was. You know, granted, it's a little uncontroversial, especially or a little controversial in Germany with uh, the Red Bull as their sponsor. But <clears throat> they do have plenty of youth, lots of talent there. They just made it to the Champions League semifinal after losing their best player. So... I think yep. they're a pretty well-run club, and they have one of the best managers in the world. All right, number four for me, I'd put Real Madrid. I mean, they're just constantly competing at the highest level. Even after they lost Ronaldo, they just won La Liga without him. I think that speaks for itself. Another great manager there. They are mixing a lot of youth in there with Rodrigo, mm-hmm. Vinicius, 
everybody else coming through. Um, so I think they're a very well-run club. What about you, Ryan? Who do you have it for? I have Ajax at number four. Just a con- consistent conveyor belt of talent. They always just bring in youth, train up the youth, turn them into potential to be world-class players, and they go out and do great things. Mm-hmm. And very similar to one of my future picks or higher picks. But I kind of – actually, I'll push, on, I'll push back on this when you get to your higher pick. But okay. um, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of your they, – they make good players and yeah. then they sell them. Yeah, um, I don't, it's inevitable. Big, big clubs will right, pay big money and they're ahead, your Ty- big go players. Go ahead, Tyler. All right, Jillian, I will push back on it later. So I'm going with Leicester. And I I just think uh, for some of the similar reasons that you picked Leipzig, Joey, um, with not much financial backing there and a league that's over the last 20 years been dominated heavily by um, financial giants, Mm -hmm. been able to come up, win the league, do the most unprecedented thing um, probably in the history of of, of football. Yeah, and they're still Soccer. competitive even after that. And they're okay. still competitive. So that's mm-hmm. the key is they didn't just come up and win. Is they 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 won and then they've stayed here even after a large change in personnel. They yep. keep finding a way to bring in people, repurpose money. I think that's the biggest thing when you talk about well-run clubs is when they do sell a player, how well do they reinvest that money? I think yeah. Lester's done a fantastic job. Fantastic scouting department there with the likes of James Madison, yeah. that center back Soyon Chu, I think is how you say his name. Yeah, yeah it's a fantastic James I mean, You look at it now. Mm-hmm. Yuri Tillman's, yeah. I'm a big fan. All right, number three, Ryan, who do you have? Oh, I was about to do some research. Okay. I have Atletico at number three. Okay. Atletico Madrid. This ties closely to one of the lists that we will do soon, but they have a great style of play. They get players that fit their style of play, and if they don't, they mold them to fit it. Sometimes it takes a while, like Shao Felix, his first season, he had to get settled, but as time has gone on, he's gotten better and better for them. Hopefully, for their perspective, he'll just get better and better. Yep. Okay. For me, at number three on my list, I have a uh, team that not many people probably would think of here, but I have at Atlanta. I mean, you saw what they did in the Champions League last year. They were fantastic. They scored a crazy number of goals for the Serie A. And you look what they just did. They just sold some 17-year-old for 40-something million. Yeah. 40 million euros, something like that. I mean, there's no guarantee that kid's good, right? Obviously, you would like to think so if they're Man United are splashing that much for them. But I think they're very well run. They score a lot of goals. They don't defend very well, but you don't need to defend when you score four goals a game. Yeah, I I thought um, they were definitely in contention for my list as well. Um, I I just don't know if it's been proven for long enough yet for me to include that in the list, um, whether it's just a fluke or not. but they're definitely showing promise of some of the similar things where we're looking at with Leipzig and Leicester and some of the other lesser clubs that have been able to find success recently. Mm-hmm. Who do you have, Tyler, at three? So, yeah, so I, I, have, um, I have Leipzig here at three. So there's not too much else to add. Um, 
from what you did. I just, I just think that they're better than the other clubs that I have listed and, and the ones that you have listed. Uh, it's, it's really just for the same reasons though. I, I just think they do it um, in a superior way with um, Champions League success, whereas Leicester hasn't necessarily had that and Atalanta hasn't necessarily gone quite as far as Leipzig have um, with some of his similar resources. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. All right. Me and you, it looks like also share our number two team with Liverpool. Yes. Liverpool at number two. I mean, the results speak for themselves. They've been dominant recently the last few years since they hired yep. Klopp. Um, you look at the signs they've brought in. Yes, they've let some of their younger players go, but they're still at the top. I mean, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, Van Dyke, everybody in there. They just signed Thiago. Mm-hmm. St- and th- I was a little hesitant at first because I thought they might sell some of those best players after they had their successful years. Like, I thought Mane was gone this summer. He's still there. I think yeah. he does leave eventually. Probably to go to Real. But that remains to be seen. They seem Maybe. happy together up front. Maybe get a new striker. I know Bobby Firmino is not – he fits their system well, but he doesn't score the goals per se. Right. Yeah, I, you look at their signings they've made um, since Klopp's come in. So they had that huge failure when they sold Suarez um, initially, where they tried to find some replacements. They couldn't quite get people. It was something similar with Bale, with that huge transfer. And they just didn't quite um, invest it in the right ways right away. But I think it's paid off very well for um, Liverpool over the long term. And with the signings in the last three years, three, four years, and they haven't really made a bad signing in the last four years. I, um, off the top of my head, I can't really think of many. Uh, that I mean, you could argue about some prices on some of them, but overall, uh, large, large success. And it's hard to come back from the drought that they were in. Mm-hmm. Ryan, it's time for you to announce your second place team. My number two best run club is Borussia Dortmund. I would love to hear why. I love everything that they do. So you they like are the-, the ultimate club at buying talent that is unknown, not hyped, showing how good they are, developing their star players, and then they always sell them for money, but then they always bring back in someone to replace them that is just as good. Okay, but you're fine with them making it to a Champions League final and then letting most of their best players leave for free and not, not even selling them. Or, and they've been second in the Bundesliga, if not worse, like every year since 2012. They've been second to the best-run club in the world. You, it's yeah, very I mean, that's, hard to compete. That's fair, but, this, but Bayern hasn't been – not excluding last year. Even last year, it was a close title race until the end. But the year before that and the year before that, Dortmund were in first place at some point in time and mm-hmm. blew it. Yeah. Because generally, I mean, they do not have depth. They have really good players, and then they sell them or just let them leave for free. So So they've been closer to domestic success than in recent years than teams such as Leicester, Leipzig, Atalanta – so they, they've been closer on all those fronts. And yeah, you can just go through the names of 
They're, yeah, but they're they built of players. Yeah, they, they, they definitely get some good deals on the cheap. Jaden Sancho they got for really cheap. Holland they got for cheap. And they're going to sell them for a lot of money. And then they'll bring someone or, in to replace them. That's or, just they're gonna refu- or they're going to refuse to sell them and then let them go to free to Bayern. Yeah, they get the use out of them. And then whenever someone leaves, yeah, but they, they, win, always they don't win anything. <laughs> they don't win, yeah. They might win the Pokal, but like. <laughs> Atalanta doesn't win anything. Atalanta's only but it's good different for like based on expectations. Yeah. No one expected that. Okay. No one expects Atalanta to finish third in the Serie A or fourth or whatever mm. place they finish in. All well, right. I think that Dortmund are very good at what they do. Well, Ryan alluded to it earlier, but he, we do all have the same club for best run club, which is Bayern Munich. I think the results speak for themselves here as well. They just won the treble. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in youthful players, younger players like Sané, Nabry, Komen, to replace Robin and Ribery. They have Kimmich, like a young little Schweinsteiger. Mm-hmm. And they're just consistently – Mixing in youth in the right places, I'll say. Yeah. Yep, that, that's a good point. They, they pick the positions that they know they can – they have good understudies. They're able to develop at the right time. It's a, it's a timing thing. And they get them for yeah. free from Dortmund too. Right, yeah. <laughs> so they um, – and they do such a good job with the culture too. I think mm-hmm. um, we talked about that too with Liverpool before. Um, the two of them sort of had that system, that culture around the team. And that culture all starts. It's an expectation. Right. Expectation. And, and just a, a culture of um, respect for each player at the club. Mm-hmm. Like each, each player respects what everybody else does. And, and that doesn't just happen within the squad itself. But the management, the trainers, like the whole club feels like they, everybody's got their role. Yes. I mean, talking about some of the other young players, like Alfonso Davies, I didn't mention him, but that's a great example. Right. Steal of a deal. You talk about getting players from your domestic rivals for free, Leon Goretzka. They spent like a super minimal amount on Joshua Kimmich, Lewandowski for free. Mm -hmm. Mavry, super cheap. Like, yeah. And they just got Sané for like a pretty cheap deal compared to what they were going to pay last summer. Yeah, they waited a year. Got a great deal. And I will say, watch out for 17-year-old Jamal Musialia, Musalia, England under-21 international. Kid's a stud. He scored his first goal a couple weekends ago. And, of course, watch out for the 20-year-old defender, Chris Richards, American. Got an assist in his first start. And had another one called back for a goal offsides. Are we just shouting out youth players now? How are you oh, shouting Irons? Big where, news where we on the second best front team in the world front. 15-year-old wonder kid. Excuse me if I pronounce this name wrong. I don't mean to offend him. Yusu Sofa Mokuko. The 15-year-old training with Dortmund's yeah. first team, yes. <laughs> yeah, in he the could, Champions League squad. Could be in line to be the youngest ever Champions League player. All right. So... From there, let's go to the top five worst-run clubs. At yeah. five for me, I have Tottenham. I mean, I think they just don't pay for people, right? I mean, granted, they actually did right. bring some people. And you look at what happened when they sold Gareth Bale at what they did with that money and how poorly that was used. Um, I don't know. Letting Vertonghen leave seems a little weird. Letting Erickson go as well seems poor. 
Right. So the, the stadium thing is something you could cite, whether that was a good or bad thing. Um, mm. That's something right from the top of management, how well they ran it. Um, was it the right timing for something when they were having success and they could have won the league if they made some better investments um, coming off this season where they lost to, to Leicester? I know something like that with a new stadium, that's some works for a long time, but yep. But sacrifices to be made, where, where are they choosing that? I think they've definitely done a good job to, um, to market themselves across the world with doing the stuff with the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty good. It's bringing in a lot of revenue. So that's why I didn't include them in my list because I think in the future, and I like what they're doing with Mourinho, uh, that things could turn out differently for Tottenham. But I, I can see why you added them on, uh, on your list for now. Yep. And then Ryan will join us at the top three worst. He doesn't have a, a last two. I had couldn't. three in my head and I couldn't justify putting anyone else. Yeah. I think these three are. So go ahead, Tyler. So, so, yeah. So I put Newcastle at five. I mean, this one's pretty self explanatory with all of yes. the executive problems they've been having with the board. And, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, just everything there. It, it seems like a, a dumpster fire up top. Now, given they, they aren't playing horribly, actually, they've made some good offseason moves. Um, these you know, they could be considered um, with. Yeah, Cal Wilson was a good sign in. Ryan Fraser. Yeah. But like the, right. failed, so, the failed takeover. Right. So so that's where it all it all comes down to is that they haven't been able to get stuff done that could be pushing them to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just seemed like so such simple or um, deals that should have been able to get done. Yeah, and that's and that's where you had you have them at four, Joey. So yes, I do. You want to expand on that? Yeah, I just same reasons you said. It's just they're in a rough patch. I mean, though they look really, they look like they're turning a corner with their manager. They look just seem to be working out well. <clears throat> yeah, so we'll see whether it actually doesn't end up hurting them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seems like from the outside right now that everything's in disarray. And then you have PSG fourth for you. So I, I think that they have bought the wrong people for the wrong amount of money. And that's why, even though they had a final appearance this year, they haven't been able to get it done. And you look at the amount of money they've spent, you can't look at domestic success for them because the league's a joke. So what you have to do is you have to look at the European competitions, the amount of money they spent on specific players that should have done more for them. So Neymar and Mbappe, namely, mm-hmm. in the final, didn't get it done. I don't know exactly why within the club they haven't been able to make the right investments in the right positions. Um because I feel like every year we talk about the same thing with PSG. If they just sign two more players or whatever, we always talk about them signing players and they do every year, but nothing changes. And I, I don't know what the, the fix is there, but I just don't like the way that, um, that they've gone about. Who yeah. They are. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I do think they're just very successful. So I don't put them on here. Right. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's about the expectations thing, though, um, is that their expectations are so high and they haven't been able to meet it. Um, it's sort of like how I judge Dortmund and Atalanta 
differently because of their expectations. Mm-hmm. I judge PSG a little bit differently okay. than some of the other clubs. All right. And then at third, you and Ryan both have AC Milan. Mm-hmm. I have the correct answer, but you guys go ahead and explain. They just never – they haven't recovered from their golden age, you could say. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about that. They, they, are have, they just haven't made good signs. Besides last Yes, time. they have started off the season well. Uh, I, yeah. I will note that. Although, overall, uh, I think it's definitely fair to say that they are a poorly run club. Right. They just haven't made any of the, the right moves over the last 15 years to get back to where they were. Um, and they haven't really come close. There's been a few years where they've... I mean, they um, haven't been really in Europe for a while. Like, Right. I think maybe six... Six years. They were, in the Europa, they, they were in the Europa League a little while ago, but they haven't been in the Champions League for a while. Now, granted, some right. of that was because of a ban, I believe. I believe they had a European football ban for a yeah. couple years. Um, um, but yeah, but even, so watch out for the Milan Derby this Saturday. Ooh. Yeah, it could be good. Is, at at um, noon Eastern time. Has Lotson been cleared have to watch for it. that? Yeah, I believe he has. Yeah. All right. All Maybe. right, so the correct answer at three here. So I actually exclude AC Milan from my list just because they have turned the corner. And I wanted to focus a little bit more on the Prem. But the correct answer at three is Schalke 04. You're talking about a team that is awful right now. They have not won a game, I believe, since January. Oh. Um, <laughs> they, it's, it's been an absurd streak. I know you guys don't watch the Bundesliga as much as I do. But right. this is a team that used to be consistently top four in the Bundesliga. Um, and you just look at what they've done over the years, letting a lot of their best players leave for free. Leon Goretzka, soon to be, right. Weston, soon to be Weston McKinney, although I guess Juve, Juve did pay for the loan. But Leroy Sané as well. Um, Alexander Nubel, Manuel Neuer. Sounds like a good like conveyor that. belt of talent. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you're a conveyor belt and you win games, it's one thing, but yeah. They are just in shambles right now. They fired their manager. For some reason, they didn't fire him at the end of last year when they did not win for 16 straight games at the end of the season. Yeah. They, they were in fifth place. They were in fifth place halfway through the Bundesliga season. They finished, I believe, in like 14th. Wow. I was going to say, cause I remember at the beginning of the year last year, they weren't doing too bad. No, no, they were pretty solid. And then they just didn't win yeah. since January. Because didn't, didn't they get um... – didn't they get a result against Bayern in the early in no. the early half of the year? Was it or no? Or was it just that they got destroyed in the second half? Was that it? Something no, no, like no. that. They might have tied in like the Pokal, but Bayern won in ten. So it was something like that. Oh yeah, okay. They might that have might, tied Bayern been. if they did. It was in the first half of the year. They're they're a club in shambles. All right, at number two, I mean, we both have the same. All of us have the same top two teams of Man United and Barca. I have Man United as a worse-run club than Barca, as does Tyler. Ryan has Barca as a worse-run club as Man United. But there's just so many issues there to talk about. Yeah. This is um, – I just before um, we get into this, I just feel sorry for Ryan that his two teams are on this list. We're going to uh, – all of us have at either one or two of the worst-run clubs in the world. I mean, yeah, you're talking about – a. You have one of the best players, if not the best player to ever play the game, wanting to leave your club. The best. And you think about yeah. like everything that he's given to the club, and they just refuse to let him leave. I mean, that's a bad look, of course. It, w- it would have been a bad look to let him leave, but it's also a bad look to, for how everything went down. 
Yes. Yes. Just Messi or, or Barca are are lucky that Messi isn't like an asshole and just refused to play. If Messi has, if Barcelona did not have Messi the past couple of seasons, they would have I mean, come nowhere near yeah. what they have. Although Ansu Fati looks like he could be a baller, a in a little bit. Yeah, could be very good. I mean, you look good. at what they did. They sent Coutinho out on loan, and he's a stud. He should be playing. Griezmann isn't been doesn't fit their system at all. You can legitimately argue that Barcelona have not made a significantly like good Frankie. signing. I'm gonna. He's the only exception since 2014, with Frankie being the only exception. What about Ter? When did they sign Ter Stegen? 2014. They brought in Ter Stegen, Suarez, Bravo, and Rakitic. Mm. So they had an A plus transfer window then, and since then, mm-hmm. the best what? player besides Frankie De Jong, you could say, has been. Dembele whenever he plays. Whenever he's not hurt. That's like 10 games a right. season. If that. Although, no one forget that Dembele missed a tap in against Liverpool to go up 4-0 in, that, in the first leg. I will never forget that. Corner taken quickly. Um, Long leg has been solid. Yeah. But I mean, you could definitely say the same thing about Man United, right? Edward Bruno Fernandes. Refused Paul Pogba. Yeah, yeah, no, Marshall. no. They've had some good signings. That's not the issue. It's just... The lack of defensive signings? I don't even know. The lack of giving the money. Quality of, defensive signings. The lack of commitment to paying money for good signings. They splashed so and much well, money for Harry Maguire. But right. So that, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's an it's a improper use of money, really, is what it is. Um, I know now things are a little different, they say, because the club is suffering financially through COVID and stuff. So Sancho's out of the reach at 120 and stuff like that. Um, so I'll throw this window out a little bit for the money side of it, but still for quality signings and uh, a plan. Yeah, I they, feel they, like they just the, don't have a clear plan. Right, so, the, so the, the plan has been the same since Sir Alex left through four or, yeah, through four different managers. Um, five, if you want to count Ryan Giggs, uh, for a few months there at the end of um, 2014. So through each of them, it hasn't been on what the manager wants, which is when you look at the clubs who are doing well, that's what it comes down to is actually who the managers want so they can build a, a um, like Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Klopp says he, they want somebody, they go out and get them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Daniel Levy's sort of doing that with Tottenham. Now you have them at, this is why I'm kind of leaning towards Tottenham, maybe going towards one of the better run clubs if if they can get something here in the, the next few years. Because I think they're actually listening to Mourinho and what he wants to build. But you hear all these stories, the managers come out at Man United and they didn't get what they wanted. Yes, you hear. So they, how are they ever going to succeed? They're making the signs that Woodward wants to make, not the ones that the right. manager wants. Yep. Right. All um, right. Yeah, so we we can move on let's, from let's at least your team in, has a vision. Let's go into the top ten managers. This list brought by Ryan. We each picked one. We'll do mine last. Mine's really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> so I'll get right into it. My best my best manager in the world is none other than Stevie Crodom, my FIFA <laughs> career mode manager. I've won the I've won the treble. Every year I manage, it's insane. 
<laughs> I sign all the best young players and turn them into stars. I sell all the old people at Bayern. I bring in the youth. I mean, just uh, some highlights. Kai Havertz I had is like a 98 overall last FIFA. He, he was a stud. Um, but yeah, best manager in the world, no doubt, is me. On a measly wage as well. I think I only make like 21000 a week. So, Ryan, you're, right. you're uh, best right. manager? Right. I'll just go through my whole list. No, no, no. List. <laughs> I think we should stick on this. Ryan, who's your number one manager? Oh, Byron Alls, my <laughs> career mode manager. I think my career mode manager is better than your career mode manager. My career mode manager takes teams from the l- lower leagues, League Two, and then carries them all the way up to the top. The okay. best run club. He has a bigger chance. <laughs> I don't know. I best think, run club. I think the treble, like five years straight, is be- is more impressive than getting promoted to the prem. Promoted four years straight, winning everything when you're in the championship. Hey, don't, just don't hate on uh, Stevie Crotum. But all right, I'm going to go through my actual list here. At the top, number one, I have Jurgen Klopp right now. Close second, Hansi Flick, of course. Then I have Pep and Julian Nagelsmann. Diego Simeone. Zidane Pochettino, who's unemployed right now. Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte. I think lots of German managers on that list, if you didn't see. Yeah, I noticed not, that. When not you including Yogi Love, who is probably going to lose his job as the German national team manager. But he's been the manager there for, since 2006, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. he is insane. But, and there's tons of younger German managers out there now. So just something to watch. He'll be coming up on his fifth World Cup. Yeah, just something to watch. That'd be, that would be impressive. All right. Uh, did we want to talk at all about your list here? I mean, we can just say all of our lists and then we talk about yeah, them collectively. All right. All right. So, so then I, I'll start um, here with Klopp. Um, so I did not include myself because I did not play career mode like these guys do. Um, so then I included um, Pep at two, Flick at three, then Conte at four, Zidane, Mourinho, Nagelsmann, Poch, Simeone, and then Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. Ancelotti was in my list for a little bit. And then no, he wasn't. I don't believe in recency bias, so I don't put him in mind. I say right. that, even though I have oh, Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. All right, I have Pep, then Simeone, then Nagelsmann at three, then Zidane, then Klopp. Then Eric Ten Hag, then Flick, then Joaquin Love, and Antonio Conte, and then Luis Enrique. Interesting. A lot of on a lot of not so popular picks in there with Luis Enrique. Yeah, where where's that coming from? Luis Enrique, he's advanced the Spanish national team. He's gotten more positive results in things such as the UEFA Nations League since he's taken reins. They, they're currently first in the group, even though they did lose to Ukraine. Today or yesterday. We, we 
have to address Ryan's yeah, audio. So we, have, we have to apologize. Ryan's having some audio issues here. Ryan, Ryan, why don't, why don't you just come over here? Oh. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, also, I mean, Julian Nagelsmann, a young, budding German manager. He's a... Uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Someone else. <laughs> what were you doing? Someone else. I got distracted. Yeah, but Julian Nagelsmann. He looks like he's really good. I wanted him to be Bayern's manager. Yeah, but unfortunately, I, uh, it was. Not I mean, it was some of the same reasons with uh, we've already talked about earlier with the uh, with Leipzig. Uh, yeah, I, so I included Ancelotti on here. I just wanted to talk about that one because that's one of the ones um, you guys did not include. Uh, I think I also am the only one who included included Mourinho. Yeah, so I think I mean just what he's done with Everton in a short time. I think he's come back and he's totally changed the club around. Uh, made players who ne weren't necessarily performing great recently start performing better. Um, getting young talent to start playing well, bringing in uh, James obviously is his his boy, um, and fitting him in the system, getting them to to adopt his system very quickly. Then, um, and I mean, and he's had success before too. So I know a lot of people, like you, you did not like him at Bayern, right, Joey? Yes. Um, but even still, he had some success at Bayern. Um, oh, Ryan, Ryan's uh, made the switch here. So Mourinho... While he has not performed well, um, I would say the last, well, since he signed with Man U, other than getting them a second place finish with a broken squad, um, we were starting to see, he said it might be his best accomplishment as a manager, getting second place with that Man U squad. I think we're starting to see why that's the case. Um, with how poorly the board has backed managers and somehow he was able to get that team to finish only behind that city team. That's um, is one of the best teams in the history of the premier league. Uh, yes. I think that he's going to do something mm -hmm. well with Tottenham too, going mm -hmm. forward. I, I, I like the way they, they look um, and, and Bale hasn't even been added to the, to the team yet. Yes, for sure. All right. I, go ahead, Ryan. I just want to make one quick comment. The, I wanted to put – I had to put Zidane at four. I think he could go even higher for me personally. Just what he's done in all mm -hmm. four seasons that he's been a manager has been nothing short of astounding. Though he has only done it at Real Madrid. Right. So I would yeah. like to see him he do it at a different it. club. Mm -hmm. But I think that – for a manager who's managed for three and a half seasons, he could go on to become possibly the most decorated manager and player ever. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. that. I think I, I agree that for him to be higher on the list, he's got to prove it with a different club somewhere that he's not necessarily familiar with and a different set of players. Imagine if Zidane goes to PSG, wins them their first Champions mm -hmm. League. See, not that. Like that. That would be good. Um, yeah, that would be that would be interesting, especially 
I mean, obviously with the the French connections there, that I, I would like to see that honestly. All right, moving on to the All our right. final top ten. Our list. final, yeah, most topic. important topic. I too. hope you yes. guys. I hope you're still listening. This is the best topic I could have ever thought of. Top ten players this who would true. be. Who would be a better captain for Man United than Harry Maguire? And it's so relevant because today he just got a red card and England lost to Denmark. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, would you even? If I'm Gareth Southgate, I don't think I'm playing him after his performance for Man U. I mean, it was what the what what gives him? How does he deserve to start for the England national team after the performances he's put over, put up over the last few weeks? He does not. Yeah. He doesn't deserve a call-up. He doesn't deserve a spot in England or at Manchester United. All right. I don't know if I'm going Simple to that, as that. Yet, that he shouldn't start for Man U because I don't know if our backups are. There are many players at Man U who should not be at Man U. That's true. That's true. <laughs> a significant portion of the squad, probably. All right. Well, I think the – you guys, I, I don't know where you're picking this or okay. who you think so, is. So, so I kind of <laughs> had some fun with the list. My first one, Bruno Fernandez. I think that's obvious enough. Second, you, so no, I agree. I agree. Bruno is the best choice for Man United captain. Second, why do you think he's going to be the best captain? Because he's, I guess he's the best player. He's passionate, and he's he is also the best player. He has the best mindset of anyone on the team. He has a winning mentality, something that a lot of people don't. Um, Yes. Second for me, Scott McTominay, just because he's a local lad, he's got the passion as well. He wants to win. You don't have to be the best. I'm actually not. I'm not. I'm not against McTominay being. I also do like the center mid being a captain. That's why he's ranked ahead yeah. of Rashford in my list, although Rashford is a nice third for me. And then I have Maddox. He's just been there a while. I mean, he's a, he's a presence. He's an older figure. Then yeah, I plays that Pogba. And then I started to have some fun with this list. Phil Jones, he would be a better captain than Harry Maguire. Dean Henderson, he's on the bench. He would be a better captain. Um, and then I have Ola Gunnar Skolshar. I mean, he could just wear the armband from the <laughs> manager. Um, also have Daniel, Dan James, of course. Oh, God, the last choice. Ed Woodward as well would just be a better captain. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> no. I'm going to – I agree with your first joke on the list as an actual – I think Phil Jones would be a better captain than Maguire legitimately. Uh, he actually might be a better defender right now than Harry Maguire. Um. I, I I mean I I haven't been actually that's not true I have probably ranted about Phil Jones at some point, but um, I was never a huge uh, anti Phil Jones guy. But um, I put uh, I think De Gea is actually the best choice for captain um, benched, but. Uh, I think I still think he's the best goalkeeper um, at Man United. I think he's when he's in on his form, which he still finds every now and again. It's not like he's just awful week in and week out. He's the best goalie in the Premier League, probably maybe the best goalkeeper in the world. 
Um, I think he's been, obviously he's been at the club the longest, I think out of anybody in the team. Uh, he's got the seniority, the, the commanding. I like goalkeepers as captains too. I think that they're able to command a little bit um, in on defense better than maybe a center back can because they can see a little bit better. But I also get the argument for center mids. I think center mids do make the best captains just because of their proximity to the ref and every every player on the pitch. Uh, I think I think Mata would make a better captain than Harry Maguire, somebody who's who doesn't play um, much anymore, but uh, a nice guy. Everybody thinks he's a nice guy. I also have Roy Keane on my list. How about we just pull him out of the Sky Sports box and put him back yes. on the pitch just to stand there and yell at people? I think it could help the team. <laughs> Every time he says something, I'd love watching his um, his punditry on Sky Sports. It's great. But I even have Luke Shaw on my list. He'd be a better captain than Harry Maguire. Probably would be. I mean, anybody. I mean, at this point, it could literally could just be anybody. Right, as, yeah. as your list Anyone. has shown. The problem with. I mean, I agree with Tyler about De Gea. I have him as my second choice as Man United captain. I but mean, the problem with the De Gea and Maguire is that exactly what you just said, Joey. Those are the two most error-prone players in world football that are under a spotlight. They, No one in like no. the last two, three years has made anywhere near as many errors that have gone viral as De Gea. And um, Harry Maguire, and you can't have your captain be doing that. Bruno Fernandez for captain. I, I don't like Bruno's attitude sometimes. I think he's a little bit of uh, I think he's a little soft. I think he goes down too easy. I think I I don't know. This is maybe my bias towards captains like Keane and. Um, Gary Neville for a little while and you know Rooney when he was captain like hard hitting um, like they're they're gonna get rough Bruno he they're motivated players Bruno is motivated who had their head down after the goals Luke Shaw and more most importantly Harry Maguire Harry Harry Maguire Maguire loses motivation right away after a goal conceded, who is his head down? Harry Maguire. Who's going forward? Who's trying to attack? Who's trying to bring it back in the game? Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez is constantly on the front foot, constantly motivated. Bruno Fernandez. All right. I mean, I, I, I think that would be something. So Everett came out and talked about the captaincy, uh, saying that, you can't give it to a guy you just bring in. And Which is what they did to Maguire. Right. That's That was my point. Is He he was talking about Maguire, or that's what Evers' point was. Is you can't give it to Maguire because he's just he's some guy who just came in. He wasn't proven. He didn't necessarily know the culture of the club. I think the same more so can be said about Bruno. I think I, he does I disagree. Have to, I, I, I get that he's got a good attitude. For the but, half of the season. Right, but he doesn't understand. I, I don't know. I just don't think he, he. He's a step forward in the right direction. With Man U, it's about trying to reclaim past glory. Like, 
You wouldn't you know what happened under David Moyes and Van Gaal, the boring dull days. You're trying to get away from that. I feel that Bruno Fernandez sig he, like everything that he stands for is we are moving past that. We are trying to get back to what we once were. That's fair. I, I do agree that's that's what he is, and I don't doubt that about him, but I don't know if he's right to be the captain of that squad. And, and I we don't know enough about the dressing room to, to know. That's it sounds true. like – was he the one who who kind of fought McGuire afterwards or not yes. fought or kind of yelled <laughs> yes. at him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So so maybe he is the guy inside that he, who – even though he's only been there six months, everybody else looks up to. I think, I think if you come in and you could have, I think there's certain people who have to look up to you. I think Pogba has to. I think Rashford has to. And I think De Gea has to. I think those are three players. They're, they have to kind of give you the, the A-OK to be the captain. And so, so if those three can, then, then great. But I just don't know if they're at that level yet with Bruno. I think they are. Okay. All right. And with that, we will wrap up our international break edition of the long balls. Tune in for the next international break where we'll talk about what we think some starting 11s will be for the international teams. We got Euros coming up next summer. Exciting, exciting. All right. See you guys next episode.